Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right. My last guest of the night, he just wrapped up calling the Devils versus the Rangers game over at the Prudential Center in Newark. Joining us right now, Matt Lachlan, my man, back on the fan. Go, Keith. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Hosting a five-hour show. And, uh, you know, I texted you earlier. <laughs> I was trying to get you to come on, but I know you had to do your job. So thank you for making the time tonight. Hey, no problem. Uh, I appreciate the invite. It's always great to speak with you. And anytime I can talk about the Devils, it's always good. And uh, tonight was another good night at the barn as they beat the Rangers 5-2. to two. Yes, sir. Matt's a Jersey guy like I am. And this is a great time for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Matt used to call the Devils games on the fan, and uh, now the Devils have their own digital network. When I went to one game last year, you had me on and interviewed me. That was very nice of you, and uh, the Devils have been so gracious bringing me in. I'm all the way a fan, and I was on paternity leave last year when the Devils went on their run, so I wasn't able to use this platform. I was home. But that won't happen this year, I think. <laughs> so uh, I can't wait for this season to start and for the Devils to make another run at it. Tell us what you're seeing the difference early on in preseason is with this team. Well, I think there's a, a great level of confidence that the Devils gained last year. They knew that they had the talent that was bubbling and was going to coalesce at some point into a very formidable foe. But last year solidified that thinking. Uh, I think last year they probably thought, all right, we'll show what we got, but you know maybe it won't be as great as it turned out to be. And suddenly they, after a bit of a slow start, they won 13 in a row and they just never looked back. And then they had that great series against the Rangers in which they came back from an 0-2 deficit and won. And, and so that has just carried over to this season. They're a year older. They figured it out. They also figured out that it's a, it's a lot harder once you get to the postseason and winning that one series is not just enough. But there's been a carryover effect. They added some pieces, and this is a very confident team. They've gone 6-0 and in the preseason with one more game on Friday. It won't matter a week from tomorrow when they open up against Detroit, but barring anything unforeseen in Friday's game or in the remaining days of practice, they will enter – it's full health, ready to go, and determined to make it a better year than last year. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I think they have a good mix of young talent and veterans. 
and confidence is key. I love their style of play, and I love the fact that the uh, rivalry with the Rangers has flipped a little bit. I feel like the Devils have the upper hand. They beat them last week. I watched that game, and then they just beat them again tonight 5-2. I know it's preseason, but I know these Devils fans uh, have been waiting for years for for the tables to turn. Yeah, there's no question about that. And and listen, it doesn't matter whether it's a preseason game, a playoff game, or a regular season matchup. When you get together against your rival, uh, the energy level is even higher. We had Andre Pallott, who had three assists tonight, on our post-game show, and he was saying that he could feel it. He could feel that there was a little carryover from that playoff series, that you know the Rangers were... I won't say determined to, and that wasn't his word either, to, to clean up things based on last year. But he said they just, they definitely were playing a harder game. And he felt it was because of the playoffs, plus the rivalry. Didn't matter, he said, if it was a preseason game. He could tell that this game was different. Now, of course, both sides are trying to get ready and make their final strides for the opening night. But at the same time, he said it was definitely a different feel in the building because it was the Rangers. And, yeah, I mean, the Devils may have turned the tide just a little bit, but, you know, that can go away real quick. I think the Rangers are going to have a really good year. Not been the best post uh, preseason, rather, for them, but uh, I think there's just too much talent there. They're not going to go that quietly into the night. Yeah, I think the Devils have a ton of talent. Uh, Jack Hughes, his brother Luke, uh, Mercer, and Jesper Brad and, uh, Toffoli, there's just so many guys. Timo Meyer, I always forget. There's so many guys to name, I always forget names. But I feel like this is as stacked of a team as the Devils have had in a long time. I know last year, everybody was telling me, oh, the Boston Bruins are going to win it. The Boston Bruins are going to do it. But anything can happen when you get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, I think early on last season when the Devils went on that 13-game heater, we knew they had something uh, what are you expecting from them competing with the top teams in the East, like the Hurricanes, like the Rangers, like the Lightning? Like, you think they're going to hold their own, or you think it's going to be a little bit tougher? I think they'll hold their own, but last year they had the most wins and the most points in franchise history, which says a lot considering there are three championship banners that hang above the Prudential Center ice and all the Hall of Famers that have been on this team in the past and, and the history that it has. And yet they had the best record ever for a Devils team. But I think this year might be a little more difficult. A lot, th- a lot of things went well last year for the Devils, good health and, and breakout years, what have you. I don't think they'll sneak up on anybody. I think there'll be times when adversity will strike that didn't hit last year. But I don't think it will affect the Devils. Plus, I think with all the talk about offense, I think what's been lost is two key defenders left. Uh, are playing for other teams now, Damon Severson now in Columbus and Ryan Graves in Pittsburgh. It's a lot of experience and two successful guys that have to be replaced, and they'll be doing it with some younger players. So there may be some growing pains. Anyway, I think what the Devils learned, though, last year, losing in the second round to Carolina, is that this is where you make your bones. It's in the postseason. So I think the Devils may have a year in which the record's not as good, They won't have as many points. They could prove me wrong. But I don't think there'll be a steep drop-off. But I think they'll be in better position going into the postseason. Should they play the Rangers in the first round, it was so emotional last year, they didn't bounce back. They admitted it. They just couldn't get back emotionally against Carolina, a good team, 
that basically ran them out of the playoffs. I think they understand now that it's getting in, doing what you need to do to keep surviving and advancing to the next round, and that's what's most important. So I think that's what fans will have to keep their eye on. Sure, it'd be great if they won as many games, 52, and had as many points or more in each case, but it's really what they do when they get to the postseason and how they are positioned to do better uh, that will tell the story when the season's tale is written. Yeah, losing to the Hurricanes was tough, but, man, coming back to beat the Rangers, like, Devils fans are still holding on to that. Obviously, we didn't get to the Cup and win the Cup, but coming back from down 2-0, like, I was at home uh, changing diapers and making bottles and listening to the fan, and all our hosts at the fan were proclaiming the series over. I'm like, you guys know better than that, especially in hockey. Going up 2-0, they're talking about a sweep, they're talking about it's done, and... Uh, you know, that one, that was one for the ages. So speaking about the Devils fans and, and having that, like I remember I, I wanted to be out there so bad with the fans. They were doing the Rangers goal song outside American Whiskey. They were basically trolling them <laughs> and having a good time. Um, speaking of the fans, there was a good turnout in there tonight. What was the atmosphere like tonight, and what do you think it's going to be like Thursday when we open up? Yeah, it was awesome, and the Rangers were well represented, as they always will be. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, but the Devils uh, certainly did a great job. Their fans of filling up most of this building. Uh, and I will just point out that last week at Madison Square Garden, uh, while the percentages may have been a little greater for the Rangers uh, versus the Devils' advantage here at home, uh, the Devils were well represented by their fans at Madison Square Garden. All right, that being said, uh, a lot of tickets were sold. This place wasn't full, but it was awfully close. Devils have sold a lot of tickets in the offseason. The atmosphere is going to be awesome. They'll draw as many fans as they've ever drawn to Prudential Center. I'm convinced of that. And I think the way they play, an exciting style of highly skilled players, uh, the puck movement, et cetera, is going to lead to a very exciting season and many, many exciting nights. But we know that defense and goaltending and all that sort of stuff will uh, certainly play an important role and has to. And so we'll see what it's like. I think it's, but I, I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome year. This team is, Devils haven't had a team with this much talent and, and been this exciting since the early part of this century, you know, when they won in 2000, went to the final in 2001 and won again in 2003. They're that dynamic. The fan base has waited, waited 20 years for a return of that play. And we're on the cusp of uh, an, a very exciting year and the start of something big to the Devils, I'm convinced. Yeah, so the Devils stacked the deck. They re-signed some players, brought some players back, locked up some guys. They made improvements to Prudential Center, and uh, I can't wait to kick it off. Like We're right back. The offseason wasn't that long. Thursday night at 7.30 at the Rock, Devils hosting the Detroit Red Wings. I will see you there, Matt. Well, that'll be great, Keith. Uh, I know night times keep you busy, but we'll get you out here as often as we can, and Let's hope it's a winning year. I think I'm very convinced it will be. I'll stop by and say hello. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining Always, us, Matt. Always, my friend. You got it. Thanks for the invite. Call me up, Devils fans. I know you never really hear people talking Devils on the fan, but it is what it is. You know, I'm on the Elon Musk machine, and somebody, of course, has to complain about, oh, you're talking WNBA. We can literally spend... Every hour saying Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones. But as soon as we mention the New York Liberty, the New York WNBA team, 
playing in the finals, somebody's got something to say about it. I do not care. This is my show. I get five hours to do what I want. Nobody tells me what to do. Nobody programs this thing. I come in with my guests. I come in with my ideas. I take your calls and we rock out. Let's continue. I'm on till 12. KM to AM returns after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, sir. When New York sports happens, talk about it here, including the New York Liberty. And the New Jersey Devils that are right across the river. And a bunch of New Jersey Devils fans listen to the fan and work here in New York City, including myself. Keep McPherson on the fan till 12 KM to AM, five-hour sports talk show. I listen to the fan all day like you, so I'm not going to repeat the same things that I hear all day, every day. That would be redundant. That would be boring. If you guys want to do the same conversation, like call up and I'll have that conversation. But what I try to do is be a tastemaker, right? I try to put different things out there for you guys to nibble at, to taste. And maybe if you like one, you call up and you have a conversation about it. But like, I can't come in with the same takes as all of our other shows all day. I'm the nighttime host. I'm the last show. And then the day turns over to the next day. I close the day. My guy C-Mac comes on, and he has his thoughts and his takes, and I hope that his are different than mine. I usually listen to his show for the first hour, maybe two hours, until I can fall asleep. You know, with the Yankees ending, I get on a little earlier now. With the Yankees ending, my show starts at 7 versus 11 p.m. And I just feel like when I'm going through the sports news, when I'm going through the topics of conversation and putting my show notes together and talking to my producer about what I'd like to do. I'd like to do something different. You know, I, I did the Yankee audit yesterday. I did the Aaron judge comments yesterday, Aaron Boone coming back. We talked about Buck Showalter yesterday. We talked about David Stearns yesterday. You guys want to talk Mets and Yankees all day when they're eliminated and we're literally watching uh, the teams that beat them go on and play in October without like, nah, got to move on. Got to turn the page. It's a 24-7 sports radio station in New York. I think it's a shame that the New York Liberty make it to the finals and I listen to the fan and there's not a segment every day. I understand everyone doesn't watch. I, I'm, I'm being honest. I don't watch the Liberty. I, I told you guys, they play their regular season games the same times that the, the Yankees play. How can I watch the game? I, you know, I've been invited to go to the games and I wish I could get there, but they play at the same time as the Yankees. But... I think it'd be foolish of me uh, to have the liberty, pun intended, I have the liberty to talk about the liberty. It'd be foolish of me not to. Like, I have a connection with the Yes Network that can get me Megan Triplett 
on the fan for the first time. And I'm glad that she joined us. Matt Lachlan joined us from the Devils. I'm glad that he joined us. Fred Katz to talk about the Knicks as we're heading into basketball season. You know, you'll turn on the fan tomorrow and it'll be Thursday and it's the start of week five and there'll be an NFL game on the fan tomorrow. So I won't come on until late. I won't come on until the the crappy Bears play the Commanders. But all day, you'll probably hear Zach Wilson. Is Zach Wilson going to be able to lead the Jets? Can he do it again? Is Zach Wilson really going to be the quarterback of the future? Aaron Rodgers was on Pat McAfee talking about his rehab to his Achilles. Daniel Jones. Is it Daniel Jones? Is it the offensive line? Is Saquon going to play? Is Brian Dable not really that good of a coach? Like, we can do that. But we got to mix it up. By design, it should be different. Every hour should not be the same. If if you don't want to hear us talk about hockey or WNBA or basketball or the postseason, you can turn it off. You can literally just you can hit off in your car. You can close the app. Come back when you want. And if you're just listening now and you missed any of the stuff that I talked about, you can rewind in the free Odyssey app. It is free. You don't even have to unsubscribe. You don't have to put your credit card in. Nothing. This is the radio. We're supposed to have fun. This is entertainment. So, you know, don't have a stick up your butt because we did a little different segment on stuff. Like, you know, I'm looking at people on on Twitter going after, uh, you know, each other on it. And it's hilarious to me. Like, it's okay. Now, let's get back to the phones. 877-337-6666. I know you want to talk about Evan Neal. I know you want to talk about the Jets and Daniel Jones. But as the host of the show... You know, I, I should be able to sprinkle in some other stuff. That, believe it or not, there's somebody out there that is, is tired of the same discussion. Lisa's in Irvington, New Jersey on the fan. Welcome back, Lisa. Oh, hi, um, Keith. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Go for it. Thanks <laughs> for calling. It was so nice meeting you um, Saturday. Yes. At the, um, Dick's Sporting Goods store. Yeah. Thank you for I, coming. And it was it was great. I heard your voice before I connected. And I'm like, where do I know that voice from? Oh, this is Lisa. Thank you for coming out. It was great to yeah, see everybody. Yeah, I really came out just really to meet you. <laughs> but to be honest, but I was I was flattered. There were a few people there that said that they were like, "I'm just here for you." I was like, "Nick Mangold is right there. Phil Sims is right there." Yeah, I know I'm a giant. You know, I'm a big you know Giants fan, but I'm not into that autograph stuff and all that. You know, they had some nice little activities there. You know, for the yeah. fans. Yeah, I signed, a, I signed a few autographs, and I'm like, I just was telling everybody, I don't want to sign a jersey or a football that Nick Mangold or Phil Simms signed because right. I'm not a former player. Like, that devalues it. It's, it's not going to hit the same. I'm like, I'll sign. I signed the back of, you know, some, like, postcards and some other things. But everyone was really nice. Yeah. It was a good turnout. Yeah, because I'm not really a big, you know, autograph person. It's my autograph anyway. I'd rather just meet the person, you know. That's, yeah, that's in, in this day and age, a selfie is better than an autograph, but some people are really into the memorabilia and yeah. the collectors, so I understand that too. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about the post uh, the postseason. Um, who do you want to come out of the um, National League? The Braves. Ronald Acuna Jr. I, I want to see him actually win the World uh-huh. Series with the Braves. He's got a ring, but he missed the last one. And I just think him having this historic year, 40-70 year, winning the NL MVP soon, uh, I really want to see him perform in the World Series for everyone to see and for the Braves to win it again. 
Yeah, I want the Braves to win because my, my family, my mom and dad, is both from Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I want, I want both. Yeah, I want, I'm, I'm rooting for the um, Atlanta, even though they kind of like our Mets. And then we can never beat them, but still, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for the, um, for the Braves. What about in the American League? I'd like to see the Rangers come out of the American League. Bruce Bochy, Corey uh-huh. Seager, Marcus Simeon, some of those young guys that they have there. Uh, even Jordan Montgomery. You know, Jordan Montgomery pitching for the Yankees and the narrative around him was that, oh, he's not good enough to pitch in a postseason game for the Yankees. They traded him, and I'd love to see him end up pitching in the World Series before the Yankees even get back to the World Series. I know know you're not a Houston fan, but I still – I like Houston. I want – even though Dusty Baker did get his um, title last year, I want him to get another title. But I know, I know you got to think of Houston with the, with the cheating scandal. So I know, yeah, I still, yeah. I, still I mean, I hated him before I knew they cheated. I went to the 2015 Wild Card game, Dallas Keuchel versus Masahiro Tanaka. I was sitting mm-hmm. in the bleachers, and uh, Kobe Rasmus hit a home run, and I got the ball. I was the fan that threw it back. So I've I've been hating the Astros. They beat us that night and ended our season. I've been hating the Astros since 2015. Okay, okay. So Before I knew they were crooks. And then when I oh, found out they were crooks, I'm like, I knew something was up in 2017. But you know what? Couldn't win gonna, there. But you know what? I'm not going to bring it up, but you know the Yankees had they something going on too, but we ain't going to get we ain't going to get into that. Steroids? Have, it's the huh? game it's the game of shadows. Steroids you talking about or the Apple Watch no. thing or whatever. They all no, If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. They're all crooked in baseball. It's the game of shadows. They're all cheating. Okay. Yeah, I know. I just want to feel. I definitely want the Phillies out internationally. I don't want them, you know, in it at all. But I hope they don't. You know, just they went, you know, tonight. But I just, I don't want them to make it, you know, in at all. And I'm looking forward to the next, you know, the next season, you know, with the basketball. Like I said, hopefully all the drama is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, I missed. You know, you know, it was just too much drama with um, Kyrie. And um, yeah, know. it wasn't basketball. It was like, you know, when you're a Nets fan, you got to talk about everything else but the game. You got to talk about yeah. all this other stuff. Yeah. And then another one. What, what else did I think of? Oh, remember when I talked to you the last time I had told you the Mets had offered me a free ticket yes. for the game. Mm-hmm. And I did go. The game I went to was when they played. Singer was on the mound and they played Seattle. It was a Friday night and the Mets did win two to one. So they invited me out, and I went to. We came in through the bullpen area. They had like hot dogs, pretzels, cookies. You know, they had food for us. Good, good. At least you you got to redeem the free ticket and go and enjoy that. Luckily, it wasn't on the day that it it, (laughs) they couldn't play the game because the field wasn't dry. No, no, it was was a nice night. It was a Friday night. Um, It was a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember. It was a night the um. U.S. Open was going. The tennis was going on that same night. It was a Friday night. So there's a lot of people out there. I bet. Yeah. So it was. It was really, really. I guess it was really nice that they invite you out. But I'm not buying no, you know, season tickets. And they ask you who's your favorite player and all that. I you know, still you gotta I, wait. Wait till the winter meetings. Wait till they sign some players. Maybe I Steve know. Cohen will buy another million dollar Super Bowl commercial. They, and <laughs> they need pitching. They yeah. need some. Their pitching is horrible. So I'm just hoping they get some pitching and maybe they'll get that um what's that guy show um Shohei well hopefully maybe they'll Shohei get Shohei Otani, maybe he's not gonna be able to pitch next year. I heard Sal screaming about Yashinobo Yamamoto, so maybe they gotta sign they gotta sign Alonzo. So they gotta sign Alonzo. They gotta sign him no matter what. I don't care what they you know, what they do, they gotta sign him. But um like I said, it was nice meeting you and like I said the the giant season is over. But um <laughs> Let's get let's get to the basketball. I told you Daniel Jones months ago I talked to you. I told even though I know they don't have an offensive line 
He is not the one. I know. I know. I just, I tried to defend the guy. I feel like he's gone through so much, but he's not playing well. It's all falling down on him he's, after yeah. getting paid. He, he, he's, not, he's not the guy. I don't know who they, who they could get. I don't know what, but, but he's, he's, his, cause he's guaranteed $92 million. He, even though he's, you know, that, he has a guaranteed contract, but at least he's going to get his, he's going to get his, he's going to get his money. But, yeah, they they got to get him some offensive linemen because he's going to be the quarterback the next couple years. You know, I guess they can eat that money in the third year, fourth year, but they got to get somebody to block for him, and I think he'll be better. He, he's he, No one can play the position getting hit every play. Right, right. And one more point. I know you got to go. I don't know if you got to go or not. Like, I'm the type of person, like, I listen to the fan a lot. I've been listening to the fan for years. Mm-hmm. And I'm the type of person, like, if you don't like listening to somebody, don't listen. You know what I'm saying? I would never say anything negative about another, you know, another um, person on your on the radio station. I wouldn't, you know. And I, like, it's, like Joe Beningo, I just, I've been listening to him for years. Like, oh, his overnight, he started. Yeah. I like Sal. You know, Sal Akata is just so crazy. I mean, he was like, he's just so crazy. I like C-Mac. You know, there's ones you like and there's ones you don't like. So the ones I don't like listening to, I don't turn listen. it off. You take a break. <laughs> it's good to take a break from the fan as well. <laughs> yeah. Take like, sometimes I'm not on every night. You know, I try to listen. But, you know, if you don't like it, but don't criticize. To me, you don't call up another show just and criticize. My, you know, I don't yeah, know. Nah. I mean, if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. So Correct. that's what I feel about it. But nice talking to you, Keith. And again, nice um me, you know, meeting you, and I just happened to hear the advertisement. I didn't even know you was going to be there. I think I heard an advertisement about this fan fest thing, and then I googled, you know, I said, "Oh, let me go, let me go." You know, then that store is huge. I never did. I always go to the mall and stuff, but I never been inside that, you know, that um, Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a nice event. So take care, and um, you know, um, that's it. You know, take care and good night. Thank you, Lisa. Great meeting you. Thanks for coming out. I still haven't heard the ad read but we did that ad read last week it all came together last week i put something on my social media the night before kind of forgetting to promote it myself and a good amount of people showed up man it's it's great to kind of break that wall between the listeners that you don't ever see you know shout out to the people that don't call the fan that just listen that are just in the audience taking it all in and don't want to be on air don't care to call up and express anything or be on the show. I, I met a bunch of people out there that said that they're like, no, I never call, but I listen. And, uh, you know, it was all positive. The negativity only comes through online. People aren't showing up to a WFAN Fanatics Nike football Dick Sporting Good event to be like, boo, you suck. <laughs> it's just not a realistic thing. Why would you waste your time? But uh, also with online, like I also know that Twitter is fake. Twitter is a place where people can write anything. They can throw stones and hide their hands. But I think it's also good to bring some Twitter stuff in. I mean, Twitter is a place where you can literally talk to all of our hosts. You can literally talk to all of the NFL players. I was saying earlier in the show, I feel like NFL players should do less Twitter. They should do less social media. Like Chandler Jones just got in uh, in trouble with uh, going live and saying some stuff, and now he's not playing. There was a, There's a defensive back who had a tough game against the Eagles. I'm blanking on his name. And, uh, you know, they were killing him on social media, and he had to delete his count, account. Sauce Gardner, um, Sauce, Sauce Gardner had an a issue after, I think, the first loss against the Dallas Cowboys where they were saying, oh, CeeDee Lamb cooked him, and, 
you know, he deleted his account and then came back. Who else? I was just thinking of another one I'm I'm blanking on. Uh, it'll come back to me, but it's it's not good. It's not healthy for these players to be on a platform where, oh, Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison fumbled the ball in that, I think, Thursday night football game or the first game. And, you know, he got a lot of racist remarks thrown at him through Instagram DMs that he didn't have to read. He didn't have to accept. My DMs are off. You can't DM me. Because honestly, when I first started on the fan, I got some racist stuff that I wasn't really like, I'm not like, don't play with me. I wasn't cool with that. You know, Facebook, uh, Twitter, like I just turned my DMs off. Like, I'm not going to allow you to just message me some hateful, nasty stuff that could alter my day. And I don't know who you are. So these NFL players, they got to do something about that. Because it's good and bad social media. Yes, you can use it to build your brand and connect with fans and build your engagement and build your audience and, you know, be visible and be available and show you're a real person. But there's people that abuse it. There's there's scumbags that are on there hiding their face, their name, and every opportunity they get to be negative because their life sucks, because they amounted to nothing, like they're going to try and tear you down because you can't get back at them. So there's my little spiel, spiel about – uh. You know, social media, like it literally impacted, impacted. The NFL came out and put a statement out. I remember going on Twitter and saying, is the NFL really taking, like, these are anonymous weirdos. The NFL put out a statement, oh, the NFL does not condone any racist speech. Obviously, (laughs) you shouldn't even address it. Don't give it the time of day. These players have to be better. These players have to ignore it. I heard Tiki Barber say that, get off social media. Your job is not to be a social media influencer your job is to be an NFL player go out and play and don't read all of the opinions of nobodies online now Evan Neal supposedly apologized Evan Neal put out an apology let's see if I can find it is it does he have a Twitter account Connor I know Connor said uh Evan Neal put out a an, of course he did because the Giants were probably like hey bruh uh, <laughs> that that is not going over well Okay, so E. Neal 73 at 933 wrote, I am wrong for lashing out. And he screenshot it from the notes app. So I'm assuming he wrote it himself. He said, I am wrong for lashing out at the fans who are just as passionate and frustrated as I am. I let my frustrations in my play and my desire to win get the best of me. I had no right to make light of anyone's job, and I deeply regret the things I said. We are working day in and day out to grow as a team, and this was an unnecessary distraction. I apologize. Well, good on you, Evan Neal, for being accountable, owning up to the mistake that you made quickly and not letting it linger. You know, didn't even last 24 hours, and hopefully we can move on. But I know we have calls that want to address it, and I know C-Mac will be on tonight talking about it, and it'll probably carry over into Al Dukes and Jerry in the morning show, and it is what it is. Can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. It's already out there. And now you've got more eyes on you, more of a target on your back. You better play well in Miami. Rich is in Oyster Bay. Rich is next up on the fan. Hey, Keith. How are you, man? Good. Thanks for calling. No, thank you. Um, Listen, a couple things. Real quick, I love you. My son loves you. You're a great addition to the fan. You've been phenomenal. And... uh, you know, that whole online situation is, um, I think, just been kind of 
you know, exposed as a joke. But Evan Neal, listen, I get, you know, his apology and I understand the frustration, but I think it goes back to what you were talking about, about the online situation. These guys are faced with it like, it's in their face. I, I, I've been, I've been, I'm 50 years old. I've been watching football, baseball, all these things for a long, long time. These guys are hearing things that they shouldn't have to hear, right? So if this guy comes out and he says, you know, it's it's a frustration moment. I, it, it, you know, you can't kill the guy for it, but he shouldn't have said it. And that goes back to the environment of the organization. Who's coaching these guys on how to handle social media? Right. Who's coaching? Where's Brian Dable in this whole situation? I mean, this is a disaster. I took my kid. I worked two jobs. I took my kid to the freaking opening night against Dallas where we got throttled. I made sure that we were on like the 45-yard line. We were in the upper deck, but we were there. Um, and I had to get a freaking hotel room because the traffic is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, and, and I paid for that with my second job. You know, who is this guy to call out? You know, that that was a, a reaction, right? So that's what he thinks. No, and, and I'm oh, glad you said that. When I opened up tonight, I, I said I want some fans to call in and say that because this is a platform that the fans' voices are amplified, where he's not thinking about the fact that you went out of your way, you put money to the side to buy tickets to make you know, your son's day who had been waiting for the season to start for months. And then, it was you know, a birthday gift. yeah, yeah. Well, good dad. No, but it's crazy. I mean, but my point is, is this, is that like, this is an organizational situation. I've been rooting for this team for a long time. I've been there. I've been, Phil Sims is my guy, Lady Glasses, whatever they want to call him, you know, uh, you know, and Eli and Hosteller sprinkled in. This is, you know, his apology is what it is, but this is an organizational thing. He said it. It's out there. Boom. Right. Burger flippers, sheep, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, where would you be without the freaking sheep, man? Yeah. Where would you be without the sheep? The sheep would just be eating the grass. You would have nothing to do. What would you do without the sheep? You know, These are the people that pay out. your people salary. People got to come out and <laughs> say something. No, the coach has to come out. This is ridiculous. And I get it. Like, maybe... This is insane. Yeah, they just, they got to internally do better. Thank you for the call, Rich. Uh, I think that got dumped. I know (laughs) Connor and I both at the same time looked at each other like, whoop. So we both hit the dump button there. But yeah, as a fan, you're, this is like, we are fans, right? We're not professional athletes, but we latch on to our teams. We love our teams. We love these athletes when they play well, man. That's that's a message I want to get out there, too. These guys come to New York and they fold. And we've been stuck in this for a long time now. Guys, that can't get it done here. And the expectations are so high. The pressure is so heavy. The expectations, there's just so many expectations on these guys. And there's no formula to finding the guys that can respond to it and thrive in it. The, the Eli Mannings. The Derek Jeters. But, man, if these guys only really knew, you know, coming here from Florida like Evan Neal, if they only knew what their life would be, what they would become if they did find a way to win and become legends here, if they did bring a championship back here, you're immortalized anywhere you go. 
You don't pay for drinks. You don't pay for meals. People love you. People don't want to bash you and hate you and tell you you suck. But they expect you to be better. They want to win. They put their hard-earned money into you. And when they come see you get blown out in return, it sucks. It's, it's hard. But it's I think really what it is is this digital era and social media. And like I said, he's a 23-year-old kid who has probably been praised since he was a 15-year-old freshman. People telling him, you're going to the NFL. You're going to be a millionaire. You're going to be the man. Don't worry about it. You go to Alabama where they win every single game, and people are handing you money, and people are kissing your feet and telling you you're the best, and then you get into the NFL. You're in New York, and it's different here, and you're struggling in year two. The team is one and three. You don't know what to do, so a microphone gets put in front of your face, and you let your emotions get the best of you. He apologized. I hope we can all move on. But I understand some people being frustrated, especially the Giants fans that have been fans of the Giants for years. You deserve better than that. Internally, the Giants have to do better than that. They have to address that. They got to make sure things like that never come out from a player in their organization. 877-337-6666. My Casamigos big shot of the night will come up after 11. Taking your calls till 12. We'll be right back. at the MLB postseason and uh, all, the, all the teams that got eliminated were swept. <laughs> there are no game threes. Now, we all remember the one game elimination and they add a team to the postseason and, you know, I don't know if you thought the home teams would win. Uh, it's two and two. The Rays lose at home. Not much of a home field advantage. The Brewers lose at home. The Phillies, you knew you knew they weren't losing in that environment. The Twins, Minnesota's been waiting a long time for that. They didn't lose either. And as I'm looking at the Rangers advancing and the Twins advancing and the D-backs advancing and the Phillies advancing, like, I'm not mad at it. I'm interested to see the next round. Like, I'm mad at the Yankees. I'm mad at the Yankees. The Yankees should be in it, man. <laughs> Even as a wild card team, like, you know, if the Yankees went uh, to Minnesota, they they beat Minnesota. You know, they keep the streak going. Minnesota is sad tonight if the Yankees are there. But we can't even say that because the Yankees, without judge and mismanaging in- injuries, it is what it is. And, you know, I know the Phillies, they're doing it again. I know Mets fans got to be sick. All right, the the Philadelphia Phillies, like that's your rival. That's like that's gotta suck. Back to back years watching these guys turn up and win games and advance again. So I don't know. I don't know who you're rooting for. I don't know if you're watching or if you're not watching. But the next round is set. The ALDS and the and the NLDS, and I think that's good because you know as I talk about the buy and the time off, it's a quick turnaround here. You've got Carlos Correa and the Twins going to Houston, his former team, going to face Altuve and the Astros. You've got the Texas Rangers versus the Baltimore Orioles, two teams who in the last five years had 100 lost seasons. You've got the Diamondbacks going to face their big brother, 
the Dodgers, who have owned them in their division for years, but now they figured it out, so they think they can challenge the Dodgers. Maybe they can. And then same thing in division with the Phillies going to face the Atlanta Braves. But the Atlanta Braves, the the thing about it, I was saying this uh, a couple of days ago. Sorry, my nose is running so much. <clears throat> I was saying like familiarity breeds contempt, and sometimes if you see a team a lot. And you've just been sitting at home talking about the Braves and the Dodgers because I really want to see Braves, Dodgers, NLCS. But, you know, if you're familiar with a team and they're familiar with you, they've been to your ballpark a bunch, you've been to their ballpark a bunch, you could fall asleep at the wheel. So it's not a guarantee that the Dodgers and Braves meet up. These are going to be good series. (laughs) They're going to be good series. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to watch. So 877-337. Uh, six to six and two more sixes will get you on my show. I'm going to take one call right here before we break and go to the update. My Casamigos big shot of the night coming up at 11. And then what I like to do with these five-hour shows is just open it up, right? I've said enough. I've sprinkled enough out there for you guys to call up and talk about. It's open mic time, and it doesn't have to be about sports. You can call up and ask me a question. We can talk about life. We can talk about the future. We can talk about all different types of things just to break it up a little bit, and close the show. So let me take one call here, and then we'll go to the break, the update, and then we'll wrap things up. Gary in Red Bank, New Jersey, you're on the fan. Keith, how are you? Kudos from Monmouth County. Yes, sir. Love your show. Jersey Uh, Shore. I I got two things for you. One, I love the fact that you were talking about your DJ days. That's awesome. Yeah, last night. You know, I think it's funny that uh, Evan Neal came out and, and criticized us common folks. And the night before, I was talking about all the jobs I worked and how I DJed to make a, a living a lot. Like, as a young person, uh, 19. I started DJing when I was 15. Didn't stop really until I was 27. And, yeah, last night I was talking about centerfolds and how much cash I made in that place. That was a blessing that I stumbled into DJing at the strip club. So so awesome! I've been in the I've been in the industry for thirty five years. I wanted to touch base on you and saying like, what the difference is is playing in New York. So I go back to the ninety four Rangers a little bit before your time maybe, but Mark Messier wasn't the only guy who got the key to the city. Asa Tikkanen, Stefan Matteau, Adam Graves, those guys in, in the restaurants that I worked in never got a check. Never needed a reservation. Always got the best tables. Because why? They won a championship for New York. Yep, Brian and that Leach. means a lot. Brian Leach. And then, and then it's, it paved the way for, like, Lindros and Gretzky, too, because they almost, like, rode the coattails. Those guys were great players, too. But the Rangers still had that aura of, like, being the greatest. And you come to New York, and you're great, and you can win one championship and be the best ever. And that's what people don't understand. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to articulate before about these guys. Like, they get so in their feelings about how the fans are negative. But I'm like, if you like, if you just went out there and balled out, it, it changes. Like, Julius Randle is a perfect example. He went on a podcast to talk about how he grew to love the Garden in New York. Like, once the Knicks started winning, he understands how powerful the fan base is, how powerful this city is, and doing it here is different. Like, some of these small market teams and places in baseball and basketball and even football. Football is huge as the NFL, so, you know, you get love everywhere. But, like, if you're playing in Kansas City or you're playing in, you know, a smaller market, it, it doesn't hit the same. If you do it here, if you can perform here, you become immortal. And, and Jeter, G 
Jeter proved that. Judges proved that in the Yankee Dome. And you just don't see it now. They, they, they don't see the big picture. No, these kids are they soft, man. They only see man. themselves. These kids are soft. The big picture, the big picture is 20 million-plus fans, plus your Yankee Dome across the world loves you if you win a championship. And look at Jeter. Look at Paul O'Neill. Look at these guys who won championships. They, they, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're legends. They're still making money off that. I, I got to host a Q&A with Paul O'Neill at the Stone Pony in the summer. And I think I think he paid, I, th- I don't even know what they paid him, but they paid him thousands of dollars to come, you know, chill at the Stone Pony with us. And all we were doing was reminiscing about the glory days. And look, and look at who took over for Don Mattingly. Tino Martinez does the same stuff. Yeah. It's and, just, they, and, they, and they told everybody he was never going to take over for Don Mattingly. And look what Tino has done for his career, but being in New York. Legend. Immortal. Forever. That's, Legend. you know, can't but, wait, but, can't. But, but Tino was never a DJ, Keith. Don't let anybody take that away from you. That was a great <laughs> kid, bro. That was a great, that's a great, that's better than you're saying on the radio. And I don't think you're allowed to say much on the radio about that. <laughs> yeah, I can't get too deep into the stories from DJ and uh, center folds, but no, it's it's still in my back pocket. I got two turntables and a microphone in my house. I just got nowhere to use them. Gary, thank you for the call. We got to go to the break and the update right now. Coming up, my Casamigos big shot of the night. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 